Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Hello, welcome to the RTEGA podcast. Mikey Stafford here. It's a new season. The sun is shining on this January afternoon, but the filthiest month of weather of the year is coming around. So obviously we know we're coming into the busiest period of the GAA calendar with the most significant and competitive games. It's Allianz League time, everybody. Uh, I'm joined by Pat Spillane, Rory O'Neill and Kieran Whelan. How is everybody doing today? Good, Great. Mikey. Not about it. Good. Good stuff. Pat, I take it Division 4 is where your head is at this year. You'll be uh, following every Sligo game avidly. Yeah, it's exciting. It's nice to have somebody involved. So young Pat, he joined, he joined the Sligo panel three weeks ago. He loves it so far. His dream was to play into county football. Sligo giving him that opportunity. He loves, it's a young te- very young team. Great management team, Tony McEntee and course. So look, it's something to look forward to. I won't be in Wex. I'll stay clear of him for a couple of weeks. Maybe I'll sneak into some game, but I'll li- I won't be in Wexford Park on Sunday, I suppose. Uh, I'm, working Pat, on sun- I'm working Sunday night, so I hope I don't have to say anything at all. About you were spotted in Parnell Park there over the winter, Pat, yeah? I was. Uh, look, I, I yeah. enjoyed the Dublin County Championship, even though, in fairness, the, the Dublin County Final threw up one of the worst games of the year, you know. Yeah, the sure, Dublin yeah. County Final, the Mayo County Final, the Donegal County Final, the Kerry semi-final. But that's another thing. So I'm looking forward to the league. I mean, you know, years ago, Kieran, as you know, uh, the league was, was a bit of a, a warm-up for the you know, half-strength teams, blowing out dirty diesel, uh, trying out young fellas. But now, you know, they're all back training since... Officially, since the 8th of December, they were all back in individual programmes before then. A lot of the inter-county sides were back uh, illegally training long before the 8th of December. Uh, the provincial championships, uh, the McGrath Cup and them, have been very enjoyable. Lovely football, almost full-string teams. And I can't wait for the league to get going because really it's going to be full-string teams, flying fit, close to the championship forum, and I can't wait. Dubs and Crow Park next Saturday, full house in Newbridge. And the one I'm looking forward to, Kieran, and I know you're going to be down there. I mean, round two, Kerry Dublin and Tralee, under lights, packed house, great atmosphere. The Dubs filling Tralee and Killarney for the weekend. Ah, so much to look forward to. Uh, it, more enticing than I, I'd leave off Wexford Park in January, all right, Pat. It's 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 nowhere <laughs> for a man without um, Arctic expedition gear on him. Um, just just slightly more on, on Pat Junior. But it, it is it's not unusual for you know talented Kerry native footballers to to go elsewhere. It's you know there's a uh, there's a long history of it. Well, actually, it's unusual enough, you know. I mean, because uh, there's actually four. Kerry fellas operating outside of Kerry this year. Joe Grimes from Listowel has just started centre field for Cork, so he's on the Cork panel. Connor Cox obviously has made a huge impact with Roscommon. And the third player is Connor Jordan from Austin Sachs, who plays centre half back with Clare. And Pat is now the fourth. So look, the dream of any young lad is to play with is to play inter-county football. He never played inter-county football in, in Kerry. Now he's got that opportunity. And you know, like his mother is from his mother was from Sligo. And we said this year, I don't know, she played Camogie. Uh, her, his uncle played... There's hurling. no need to roll your eyes, Pat. Yeah, his uncle played <laughs> hurling underage. But you know, we were just saying, like, did he achieve anything? Were he really involved in the G? And until the, her, his mother piped up the other day, herself and her two sisters 
won the Connacht title in ballad singing representing Sligo. So there's a Connacht medal already in the house. <laughs> and, and his auntie Helena won an All-Ireland medal in solo singing and score representing, uh, representing Carrogier Club. Sligo and Connacht, so no pressure, Pat. <laughs> There's a provincial medal in the house. Well, you know what? It it, it brings us on to uh, the the next topic before we get into our league preview, which obviously is the uh, the championship restructure um, plan, which looks like the green proposal is. Well, we know the green proposal is going to Congress and looks set to pass. It's just interesting you mentioned the prospect of someone winning a a, a provincial medal from Sligo. Rory, the unintended consequences here, because that's one of our buzzwords on this podcast, is this green proposal, which I'm not going to go through now because, yeah. Christ, we <clears> want to keep people with us. But most people listening to this podcast are pretty fairly familiar. The, 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 the upshot of it is the provincial championships stand out like a sore thumb in the middle of this very league-heavy championship structure that's going to take about 18 games to win. Um, and if you're in Division 1, if you're Dublin... You actually don't have to give a damn about the Leinster Championship anymore. You don't like you probably want to win it, but you're probably not good. You mightn't play a full strength team. Same thing goes for probably Mayo, uh, maybe Galway or Roscommon by next year. Who knows? Um, so I heard Tom Parsons on on um, Colin Parkinson's um, podcast the other day, and he kind of said this could be one of the this could be one of the good up uh, one of the good kind of outcomes from this is that the big counties give less of a damn about the provincial championships, and the little guy might get to win a trophy. It's true. Like, I mean, I suppose the bigger counties could possibly look at targeting a block of training during the provincial championships once they have their Sam Maguire place sealed by their league positioning. So that is one aspect of it. But I suppose they have incentivized winning the provincial championships, if I'm not mistaken, with a seeding. Isn't that correct, Pat? Am I, am yes, I correct. There? Yeah, correct. Yeah. So, so there's still an incentive there. I mean, look, the proposal that they came up with, it was a bit like, as Gay Byrne used to say, you know, one for everyone in the audience. It was... You know, you, you'll have a bit of this and we'll have a bit of that. And all they effectively did was they've taken the qualifiers and replaced it with uh, a round robin, four groups of four. That's pretty, that's pretty much it. That's all. That's the only change. Uh, well, look, it's change. Uh, I think the biggest issue is, and like you see this quite regularly, I see Martin Breheny, like nothing, not, no change was ever good for some people. You know, like everything that's mooted, there's a problem with. And I think that's ultimately the circle you're trying to square with any championship format. Like no matter what you do, people are going to have a problem with it in some way, shape or fashion. I think yeah. the biggest issue for this, for me, was... I mean, this is a done deal. This is going to get 80, 90%. Like, this will sail through. I think the hilarious thing is that Congress very often gets accused of being sort of a conservative, sorry, um, very, very reserved conservative and slow for change. In fact, I'd actually argue the opposite. Congress can be quite radical when it's given the license to do so. And if there's good debate and good, and if there's, if there's good information in advance of it, and it has shown itself to be, to be dynamic in the past. The problem is, the people that I suppose that were appointed to the committee and look, there's, there's a reason that the, the conservative, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being conservative, but most of the people that were appointed to oversee this are very conservative and they didn't want a huge amount of change. They just wanted a little tweak that will keep everyone happy. This is what we have. I think, look, let's see what happens over the next couple of years. I think as Mick Foley said, it's the beginning of the end of the provincial championships, and that's probably going to be a stake that will take a couple of inches to drive through before we finally see the death of it. Yeah, it's it, it does seem perhaps we know a lot of people wondering why the GPA did a U-turn and, and turned their back basically on proposal B, which you know 
the the red proposal was by another name with we had slight tweaks to the league bringing in one a and one b two a two b people are wondering why the gpa uh, their membership threw their lot in with green and one reason is change is better than the status quo and the second one perhaps players and the gpa are craftier than we think and maybe they've seen that you know what this is going this is going to lead to the death of the provincial champions before long because they are like it does it just almost seems like an interlude in the middle of the championship now yeah i think so mike i think if you look back at proposal b which i have to say i kind of preferred that was really putting the, the stake into the provincial championships and i think a bit, that bit radical though a bit radical yeah, it was radical but that's the point though it had to be middle yeah. ground possibly and i think everybody realizes that the repetitive fixtures and and going to the same games everything that's worn thin that's become stale that's become boring and um, you know go, going out in early may and seeing you know Kerry tank limerick or waterford does absolutely no benefit to the weaker counties you have higher turnover players in the weaker counties and they're not progressing so that i think right across the gpa they, they knew that there had to be some sort of change we all accepted there had, had to be some sort of change and rory you're right there's no perfect solution there's no yeah. silver bullet here that's going to have the outcome we have to kind of try as something i'm not i'm not a huge fan of it to be honest with you even i can see loads of flaws with it even three teams qualifying for yeah a lot of dead it's very flabby it's going it's to yeah. lead to a lot of dead rubber games and 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 and, and, and a lot of flatness probably at a, at a at a at a time of year when we really want to promote our games but maybe just maybe it's the first step in a process uh, to move forward. And 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 I think what's going to be very interesting this year is the trial with the Talton Cup because you know we're, we're moving to a situation now where the next few weeks are extremely extremely exciting from a footballing perspective yep. in terms yep. of division two, depends with division three and those teams fighting for their lives uh, to try and get kind of Sam McGuire status. And I think there's been a lot of talk in the background about the Talton Cup and the benefits for the weaker teams. We'll see a little bit of proof in the pudding this year in that, uh, in that we're going to have that competition. Um, and I think we'll learn a hell of a lot from that because it's very easy for people to talk about promoting it, giving it the same profile, giving it the all-stars, all this sort of stuff. Will that actually happen? Yeah. And will it be diluted? Like, look, look at this weekend alone. You know, the whole focus probably is on, you know, the four Division 1 games, but the Division 2 and Division 3 games are actually probably more important to those counties respectively going forward this year. So it's, uh, I think, listen, I, I welcome change. I'm not a big fan of proposal, the green proposal. It was kind of rushed through. We all know from the past that, you know, the provincial councils is, was being a major stumbling block uh, in getting some change. So, yeah, maybe maybe, maybe, maybe it's a fair point, Mikey, that the, the, that the GPA have seen this as maybe the first step towards real change but it definitely has its flaws as will any change we accept that you know? yeah pat um, yeah. I, I don't think anybody was too enamored with the super eights on paper it seemed like a good idea but in reality we ended up with dead rubber games after you know after two rounds look, and, yeah um, you're right mikey i mean look i agree with first of all what rory says i mean uh the ga are always often accused of being conservative and slow to change and they most certainly are but the ga are still the number one sporting organization in this country for a very simple reason that they do eventually change there might be slow times but they do accept and recognize change and they do change and when it comes to the championship format down through the years they first of all started with the back door unfortunately the back door in theory was a great idea it gave supposedly the weaker counties a second chance what happened was uh, the, the big gun who got beaten once came around the back door and was stronger and so at the end of the day the cream still came to the top the super eights in theory was a great idea more high profile games more money 
but it was underwhelming. It wasn't a success. This, as Kieran said, is not the silver bullet. Far from it. It will need a lot of tweaking, but at least it's an acceptance that the championship structure, at presently structured, is wrong. So I welcome the fact that there's a pathway still for provincial finalists to get through. I welcome the fact that there's now a pathway for, for league placing. So after the four, eight provincial finalists, the next eight in league standings get in. The Talton Cup is a great initiative. And remember, in 2024, the winners of the Talton Cup will be, rep, will be entitled to be in the last 16 of the championship. And this, the last point I want to say why, it means more championship games, because in theory, up to now, we talk about the ratio of training to games, 13 training sessions to every game. Now, prior to 2018, there were 60 championship games. Uh, during the Super 8, there were 68 championship games. And now there will be, under this format, there will be 99 championship games. So it means more games. And of course, all the stakeholders on board. My big problem, my big problem is that, and I see a problem with, the fit, with their fixtures calendar at the moment, and this proposal is still the same. They are packing and squeezing everything into yeah. a tight frame. Yeah. So I was just looking at this. I mean, in the first, under the proposal, the league, the league starts the last week in the January, they play seven of the next nine league matches, right? Seven of the nine weekends are league matches. The league final, once the league final is played, the championship starts the week after the league final. No, the week after the league oh, final the week it after, starts. Yeah. The week after the league final. Then, so the other thing is the provincial championship then has played five weekends on the trot. And then you go into the All-Ireland Championship with the qualifiers and all that. And they play seven weekends in a row. They're free for one weekend semi-final, final. So that, it is, it is huge. You talk about health and safety and player welfare. That is a crazy, crazy schedule. Mm. The other problem is... And that, and, and, that does, and, that, and that doesn't allow for, you know, COVID breaking out in Toronto then either, Pat. Yes. <laughs> well, we won't go there now. We'll be nice this year. We're starting with a... Clear new year, Rory. New year. <laughs> but but then you talk, about, uh, you talk about Division 2 and Division 3 and the importance in that now of who can get into the All-Ireland Championship or who might be into the Talton Cup. And therein, in, in, therein is a problem because I, in, in hurling, there are five tiers in the hurling championship. Five tiers. Mm. In the proposal for in the football championship, you now have two tiers, 16 and 16. But I will argue that there should be more than two tiers in football because the point, say, say Cork, say Galway, say Meath, even Roscommon, say they're relegated from Division 2. They don't get to their provincial finals. They're relegated in Division 2. Are you telling me that that is a fair and equitable Talton Cup then when Cork and Meath are playing Leitrims and the Longfords? That's not fair. That's not a level playing field. And the other problem I see with the Talton Cup, and I think it was Kieran alluded to, outside the fact is dead rubbers. An awful lot of those teams, are, like two problems I see with the like for weaker teams to improve, they have to play teams of a higher standard, right? There's a strong possibility that that core of weaker teams will only be ever playing against weaker teams. They'll be, and they could be playing them three times a year. And the point I'm trying to say is when weaker teams play weaker teams, a Division 4 team plays a Division 4 team in the provincial chapter, whatever like that, standards will never improve. So, look, it's a start, it'll need a lot of tweaking, but I welcome it. And okay. Mikey, Mikey, can I just come back to one thing you can said there? Uh, just, just in relation to the season, and I think it's 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 an interesting point. That, like, there's there's seven games I think across the nine weeks, and and then this year you're straight into championship. You don't have that gap yeah. where it normally would have had, and teams would have done a block of training and stuff like that. And uh, listen, I fully accept you know 
players want games, you know. But I have to say, from my own perspective, when you're playing, sometimes you're like a little bit of a breather as well. You know what I mean? I think there's, I think there's a balance in there somewhere that players, you know, the expectation we're putting on these amateur players to perform every week yeah. and the requirements now on them over the show. Good point, time, actually. Yeah, is, is massive. Yeah. And, and I, I, I know crazy. Days, you, 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 you welcome that weekend off where you were just out of that mental space mm. and you could <clears> relax and you could recoup and you could recover. And I think looking at the season and I, you know, they brought forward obviously dollar and finals uh, to July. And I know Roy, we spoke about this, but certainly within Dublin, Bananas. there's no intention to start the championships until September. Yeah. So you're gonna have you're gonna have a lot of students back. On so you saw the you saw the message from the county board, we love. Yeah. yeah take it, they're taking a have, break in August. But Roy, you're gonna have a lot of students even on J J ones this year back traveling again, and clubs will be decimated. Be kids that want to travel that are entitled yeah. to travel that you, you want to see traveling. They've been restricted the last couple of years. Years. And I think we've, we're probably going to end up left with a vacuum that our championships are essentially going to end in July, and you probably will not see county championships yeah. commence until September, yeah, mid-September. We, we, right, we're right. So I think I think Banana. there's an argument there that we may have shrunk it too much, and and you're putting a lot of pressure on individual players to play mm. week in, week out. You're and right, Kieran. I mean, you, I think we, clear, we, clear, we cleared out August so everyone can go on holidays. I mean, it's. I, it is bonkers. You're right. I mean, it's it's either it's now going to be either a feast or a famine. So what you're talking about with our elite young athletes, our prized possessions, the people who the players who must be looked after, they are now being flogged to death. So you take the example. I mean, you you know of the crazy situation we've seen in the last couple of weeks where players played two matches the one day, players played. But let's say take take David Clifford. David Clifford and co. And he's no different. The Sigerson Vice. So they will play next Sunday in Newbridge. Uh, they will play probably Tuesday in the Sigerson quarterfinal. And they play the following Saturday night in Tralee. That's three big matches in seven days. It is absolutely Championship crazy. Game, like, yeah, Championship, Championship game. It's it absolutely like... crazy. And you talk about, I mean, we talk about, and I've said it before, we are taking our our high-profile games, our inter-county action, we are taking them off the shop window at, on the last weekend in July, and we're saying, lads, it's club from then on. But what's going to happen, as you pointed out, is July and August is going to be holiday time, and September will start the club. And remember what September was before. September was the month when we had the all Ireland final. September was the month when the other sports were just starting their season. September was the month when youngsters came back to school. And September was the month where we had all the profile on our national games. Now it's all gone. It's bonkers. Yeah. I don't, I don't think, uh, personally, I don't think the profile thing is a huge issue because I don't think the GA's place in the sporting uh, furniture no, of Ireland is, is in I doubt. Disagree with, I disagree with you, Mikey, and I'll tell you why. Club games are very important, but as you know yourself, look, we, I've been watching club, club Of interest to two matches. parishes. They're of interest yeah. to two parishes. A minor interest, in, uh, a little bit of interest within the rest of the county and no interest nationally. That's number one. Number two, with all due respects, they don't have the profile of inter-county and with all due respects, the standard of club is much lower than that of county. So we're putting a product out for six months that the general public aren't really interested and that's wrong. Mm. I think, Mikey, on that, like, we, we have to recognise that you know the club was getting squeezed out and yes. a nine months yes. in the county window was not ideal but we've but gone way think, too uh, much the I, other way I, now but i think it's counterproductive if you're going to have a vacuum for two months where it's not benefiting anybody so i just it's 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 a difficult it one is. again it's, it's very like the championship structures there's no there's no quick win here there's you know it's, mm. it's striking that balance. it can be tweaked though they can obviously yeah. look at it and say mid-august yeah. is probably a uh, 
happier landing spot for the two All Ireland finals. But I, I remember, so I just I remember put out a proposal on the radio when I was interviewed by Marty Morrissey after the Kerry County final, and I wrote about it subsequently in the Sunday World. I said, right, how do we how do we counteract that? And and it was something my colleague in the Sunday World, Sean McGoldrick, has been talking about, and he was saying, right, let's split the season. Right, let's split the season to ensure that there's high-profile games all the year round. So next year, for the first six months, you have club hurling, inter-county football. For the second six months, you have club football, inter-county hurling. And the following year, you flip it. And that means you have inter-county either hurling or football nearly all year, all round, year round and club all year round. I think it's the ideal scenario. And anyone that I ever, has ever spoken to me about, I think it's a, it's a mm. damn good idea. There's about there's about six or seven counties where that won't work particularly well. But well, well, no matter what system you're going to bring mm. in, you're not going to. I mean, the Lockmore Castle Lineys, uh, so the lads will have a, a problem playing club football and playing inter county hurling. But that's going to happen anyway. Mm. It's happening yeah. at the moment. Mm. Well, it's it's happening at the moment. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, look, I'm glad. I'm glad we're getting off to the new season on a very optimistic <laughs> footing here. Um, so we might as well get on and preview <laughs> preview um, the Allianz Football League. I got it <laughs> back. Now that we've decided everything yeah. shit, we'll get on and preview <laughs> the Allianz Football League. <laughs> um, as is our want on this show, um, I start with Division Two because I always think it's the most interesting. Yeah. Um, I think you know Division One is for performance uh, division one is or division two is for winning how about, how about letting rory sing cox phrases first yeah, we, well, well, we, you we, know we, what, we tried no. to chop him down after yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very interesting it's very interesting the the two teams that came down roscommon and meath roscommon are without their Porrick pierce's contingent meath have a manager that the executive didn't want and had to be voted back in um you know awfully and claire would be favorites to go down but they've got very wily managers uh Galway haven't performed yet under Porrick Choice, it has to be said. They've, you know, it's been an unusual two years for them, but they haven't performed. Down or out without their kill a coup bunch. Corker without a fair number of... They're, it's the division most upset by the, the club championship for a and week Sigerson. at least. Uh, Bars, uh, obviously, are still going, so Cork. Derry, look, uh, Derry are shooting up through the divisions, um, doing a Swansea City on it. Um, so, Kieran, it's... It is, as always, a very intriguing division, and which obviously has extra de- jeopardy on it this year. Because if you go down, barring you know a provincial title, yeah. you are in the Talton Cup for the year for the summer. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's going to be it's going to be very interesting, Mikey. And yeah, you've kind of nailed it there. You've, you you have a cohort of teams that you know are all kind of fighting for their lives, and then you you know you probably have one or two that want to step up to that top level as well and, and be competing with the big teams and. You know, Galway, for example, a perfect example of that. You know, lost out to Monaghan last year in the relegation playoff, and like Paul Joyce said, he's had a tough two years uh, down there. And and that I, I think personally, I think they kind of got caught with what way they wanted to play the game. Um, and I think they came in with a philosophy of playing fun foot, fun foot football, and they're great forwards, but they got badly exposed playing that game against the top teams. Um, and you probably find a large majority of the teams below the Mayo's, the Kerry's, the Dublin, they, they're all they're all underpinned by some sort of solid defensive structure. So I think, you know, it, it, Galway have to improve. They have to get better and they have to find a solid structure. And you would expect that they have good enough forwards to be able to uh, to be there, thereabouts, trying to get back up. Like, I think when you look at the other end of the table, oh, well, you know, joining them, I think Derry is one for me that, 
you know, I was very impressed with them last year against against Donegal. They really rattled Donegal and they came into that game as strong underdogs and they've been progressing. They're on an upward curve. Um, they've got a lot of good young players, you know, the likes of Connor Glass in the middle, who's brilliant in the club, recent club championship. Um, Kieran McFall, was, what's his second name? Um, the centre back he played centre back the Glen he was he was brilliant yeah. regularly playing uh, Henry Downey's son is there as well yeah so and Shane McGuigan you know, I, I think themselves themselves and Galway probably to me I, I, I would think would be two teams competing at the top you know in the middle you have your you know you've need maybe have plateaued under Andy McEntee they'll take something from last year's Leinster final you know you've Cork you know, I thought Keith Rickon done a very honest interview with GA.ie uh, this week you know he, he spoke about uh, the physical development of the players and the conditioning of the players. And, you know, he made reference to players, not no continuity in that regard over the last few years, even though they've got people in. And you got a sense that he feels they've a, they've a long road to travel. And I would think Cork are probably just looking to hold their Division 2 status, I'd say, is possibly their objective. And then you're going to have Clare and Offaly. You know, Offaly are going to be fighting for their lives, you know, up from Division 3, great under-20 campaign. You know, that, that game against Clare this weekend down in Clare, you know, they will certainly pinpoint that one. As much as Clare have been brilliant in Division 2, they will see that as a potential opportunity. So there's going to be, the results will probably jump up and down in that division. But for me, I think, you know, Derry Galway be expecting to come up. And, you know, if down don't get any momentum, they could be in a dogfight possibly with, you know, Offaly at the, at the bottom. And, and it'd be interesting to see can Clare hold that momentum. So, yeah, it's going to be fascinating, to be honest. Yeah, it's look, looking at the potential fall guys, Pat, because that in a way that's almost the more interesting end of it. Like it's great to get into Division One, but we know you know the experiences of Ross Common and a few more. They kind of do the yo-yo thing. It's, it's avoiding Division Three is kind of where where you're really looking at. And I suppose people will be looking at Offaly, as we all mentioned Clare, but to me down, especially without the Kilku lads, look. Look, I, I wouldn't be putting any money on down being in Division Two next year. No offense. To... Yeah, I would agree with you. This is lads. This is the toughest of the four divisions. This is this is a, the most competitive, and like you said, there's so much to play for. But more importantly, there's so much to lose. So I mean, you will invariably have one at least one big gun, one big gun. Maybe a recent provincial winner from the last four or five years could potentially be playing in the Talton Cup next year and or this year and not playing in the, for the Sam Maguire. Uh, the standout team, Galway, and I've watched them in their two FPD ga- games so far, and I think I think they're eschewing to get to get promoted. I really do. Uh, they have Keane O'Neill, thought they were tightened defensively, they've improved defensively. The Kellys are very impressive, Shane Walsh. Comer is back to full fitness, Matthew Tierney is playing well at midfield. I thought they've looked very good so far in the first two games. So Galway to me are the favourites. Cork, I'm, I'm interested in Cork because in fairness to Keith Rickon, look, he's delivered an all Ireland under 20 title to Cork. Comes across as a very, a very impressive man. Uh, very much into the holistic development of players, uh, talks talks very well. But you know what? I, I I was just thinking if Jack O'Connor came out with the spiel that 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 that, that Keith came out with during the week, I said, "Oh, chief," because he talked about. I mean, he talked about Kerry and Cork after last Sunday, and Cork were dire last Saturday in the McGrath Cup. They were absolutely dire. They were, if if at all possible, they were nearly worse than than the Munster final performance, if that was possible. <laughs> 
Uh, were, oh, he's getting really his licks bad. in early this year. Yeah, they were really bad. But I mean, he, he talked. His analogies were very interesting. He talked about Jack O'Connor having an orchestra, and all he needs is over the next six months is just to to get them just a little bit of tweaking to that orchestra. He said, in in relation, I paraphrase him, but in relation to his team, they're not really uh, they can't play the instruments, so they're going to have to learn them to play their musical instruments again. Uh, that's that's a long road down the way. Mm. And he talked about uh, a forest. Uh, forest with a forest for, for timber <laughs> for good timber to develop you have to leave uh, the young trees a long time to develop so by this man in fairness to him he's he's not setting high standards he's kicking the can down the road and says he's setting uh, pretty high standards in metaphors though jesus yes he is and he says cock supporters <laughs> be patient we're building and look, and i don't look they have great young talent they really have good young talent no doubt about it. And it will be a long term. But I look at their, their league. They have four away games in the league. Tough schedule. The vital game is this weekend against Roscommon. Because even though Roscommon are a tough nut at home, as you say, they have the Patrick Pierce's boys involved, involved in the club championship. And they have the Murtas involved in the, the Ireland intermediate, semi, yeah. intermediate yeah. semi-final. Yeah. So yeah. this is a vital game. So it's a big, big year for Cork. Because the one thing about it, the chances of they're being beating Kerry in a, in a Munster semi-final and getting the provincial final are slim. So this is so I say down Cork Clare, down Cork Clare awfully. Any one of the four for for relegation and take the other three teams as a possibility. I like Derry. I think they're a coming team. I, I, Derry meet at the second promotion spot. Okay, Rory, how do you see it going then? Yeah, who's I think, up, who's I, down? Think I, I wouldn't actually disagree with a huge amount from Pat um, in terms of where certainly where Cork are. I think they're. Their ambitions anyway this year will be probably to stay in the division. I don't like, think like Rickens is a long-term appointment. Is he this is the man no, who kind really, of really. builds a structure? Him, no, they only gave him two years, so it's not really a long-term appointment. But look, uh, as he said himself, like, but are his strengths but not in kind but, of building? Rory, is, yeah, is that not the problem, Rory? That Cork have had significant turnover and management over the last ten years, and yeah, you know, yeah. it seems to be I, I, like like there's there's a lot of problems. Firstly, like look, the, the biggest problem is the best players that come out of underage every year invariably go play hurling. So that's that's your first issue. Your second issue then is you have had a lot of turnover of players and you've had a lot of turnover of management. But like I do think. He will, he will build a better culture. I think a lot of the metaphors that he does come up with, I often wonder, is that a bit of shtick? I, I, get, a, I, get, I, I, get, a, I get a very good sense that what he says internally is very different to what he says outside. Um, I, don't think oh. he's, I don't think he's as, uh, you know, we're all holy Joes and life is a journey. I think it's a very different. You think, you think there's fewer bumper sticker phrases in the dressing room? 100, 100%, 100%. I mean, look at last Sunday. Pat referenced last Sunday, for instance, in the McGrath Cup final, which was an interesting one, right? Now, I watched it there. And, like, the interesting thing for me was, yeah, Cork were dreadful. And they were dreadful. They lost the first half two nine to five points, right? Now, the game, they only lost the game itself. Well, they only lost the game. I think they lost by 12 in the end. They lost the second half 8-6. Now that would suggest to me. No, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm I know, waiting. I know, I know. But what it would what it would suggest to me, Pat, is obviously what he said at halftime must have had some hope in the world. The game well, was well, well, look, I, I, Kerry I, got I, bored. Kerry got bored. Well, Kerry didn't get that bored given the team they put out. Now it was a very, very strong team they've named from the start. Look, Kerry, you're going to look, and 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 measuring 
Cork against Kerry is probably an unfair example. I think in fairness to analogy or the metaphor he used, while probably a little flowery for my liking, certainly isn't inaccurate then at the same time. And yeah, like I think they'll be doing... Will they stay in Division 2? I think just about. They might get the three wins to just keep their heads... And who'll who'll go up and who'll go down? For me, I think I would agree. I think Galway and I think Derry are in a good position. They don't have any outside distractions. I think Anthony Tohill's young lad is back as well. Now, I don't know he whether is, yeah. or not I don't know whether or not he's committed to intercounty football or whether or not he'd make the make played, the transition been, back. He, he played in the beginning of the cup. Right. So there you go. Um and apparently a very good player as well. So they've had a, and obviously it'd be Gallagher's second or third year in charge. So you know look I think Derry and Galway to go up and then as Pat said it'll be two from four Cork down awfully or clear to be relegated. And how are you seeing it, Wheelo, then? Quickly, who do you see going up and down? Yeah, similar as I said. I said I, t- I think I think Galway, Galway, I think, have to go back up, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. from Joyce's perspective. They have to make a statement for me. Um, and as I said, it'd be interesting to see if, if Derry continue on an upward curve. Um, I think it's going to be a challenge for Offaly. Um, uh, you know, it, it's, it's going to be a tough campaign for them. And then if Down are missing some of the kill cool lads and, the, and if McCartan can't get the best lads on the field, you know, he could, he could find themselves in a dogfight near the end. Yeah, uh, for for for, the, for uh, posterity and for the record, I'm also going to say Derry are going to go up with Galway. And I'm sorry to Aidan O'Rourke, my erstwhile columnist and a fine analyst, and I'm sure fine coaches are down footballers, but I can't see them staying up. But if Kilku win on Sunday or on, at the weekend, I think they're toast. And then uh, Offaly as well. So sorry to Tommaso Shea. So just being, being <laughs> nasty to former colleagues here. Um, right, we'll look at Division 1, which isn't doesn't have the same jeopardy. They, you know, it's more must perform rather than must win, but it is where the best teams in the country play. It is the ones matches we're going to see on the television, and that makes perfect sense. And there are still lots and lots of interesting storylines. Um, we'll start with last year's uh, beating All Ireland finalists because they're always providing us with storylines. Uh, Mayo, see Jason Doherty is back in, and Pat. I don't know. I know Pat. You you do tend to watch if there's. Two flies crawling up a window and it's televised on Sky Sports. You'll be watching it. I don't know how into streaming you are. I'm wondering. I have watched. I have watched all the Connacht FBD games on streaming. I've watched one or two McKenna Cup. I've watched. Did you watch any Sigerson? I've watched. Oh gee, they, and they're hard. I watched last. Oh night. Right, well, here this is I my point U, though. I watched UUJ playing MTU Cock last night. Oh gee, it was difficult watching. Oh. It was a difficult watch. <laughs> right, um, I've one that was, was a lovely watch, which was in the in the dome. And it was UL and Letterkenny. And it came, a few, it. It came it. a few days after Mayo played Galway. And it was if they were playing different sports. The Mayo-Galway game was dross. And the Letterkenny-UL game was end-to-end, fast, like, like when you think entertaining. About it, yeah, when you think about it in that game, and I watched it all, uh, Letterkenny got off the flying start, got a great lead. Uh, David Clifford played somewhere between second and third gear. Uh, he certainly <laughs> didn't hit third gear. And I think off the top of my head, he scored two goals in seven points. Something like uh, that, yeah. And if anyone gets a look at he was a one-on-one one time with the goalie. And I just thought, this was just brilliant. He just gave him the eyes, gave him the slightest <laughs> dip of the shoulder, as if he was going to kick with the left. Just, just nonchalantly put it into right. It was a lovely game of football. Actually, you know, while we were on the... Like, this is, this is my... Pet hate from last year. Remember from last year's league, there are three finals outstanding. There was tr- we decided the J and their wisdom decided to share three titles: Division One, Two, and Four. 
And I was just thinking, I, I don't know, did, do, the, do the captains of those respective counties get the cup for six months each? Was there a presentation? But why not? Both of all those finalists are playing each other mm. over the coming weeks. Kerry are playing Dublin. Why not? Why not award last year's trophy to the winners of that idea. game? Mm. Yeah. Uh, Kildare, oh sorry, Bangor's that theory, is it? Is it? Yes, sorry. Kildare are playing Mayo in and they're now in Division One. Yeah. And the Division Four final is between Lout and Antrim, who are Division Three this year. Yeah. It's, yeah, a, it's just it a suggestion. But yeah. actually, just a quick thing on Division One. And there's no doubt about it. I looked at obviously the best teams are in it. Seven of the provincial finalists from last year are in Division One. Cork are the exception. They're gone. Armaz in. But you know, I was in, and and it's the top teams. It's the top top teams. But I was just intrigued about the league record of those top teams. And, and it, they don't make pretty. Yes, Kerry are miles ahead. Dublin are second, and Mayo are third. The next in line are Tyrone with two. Three counties have won, Armagh, Monon and Donegal. And Kildare have no league title. Isn't that amazing? And the other thing, just while you're on it, like I'm saying, I don't know who's going to win it. We, we, we're not, but Tyrone, say Tyrone went hell for leather for the league. They get into the league final, but they have the short straw. Because why? They play two weeks after that in the Ulster Championship. Maybe it's one week. I'm not too sure. It's a one or two weeks. Whereas the likes of Kerry and Cork, once they've complete the league, they have five weeks of a break. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, you know, we could we could get back to that yeah. any number of times. That, that that disparity, we've talked enough about that already today. But, um, yeah, Rory, we do tend to almost forget who wins Division 1 at times, as we say. It is kind of more... It's more kind of form lines and, and such that we're looking for. And you're often interested in how the teams coming up are. I started with Mayo. Um, James Horn used 35, 36 players in the league last year. You imagine he has a slightly more settled team in mind this year. Uh, but Jason Doherty coming back is huge for Mayo because the one position that everybody yeah, agrees they need is another scoring forward. Mayo always have, need a scoring forward. Yeah. Uh, they have a few pluses. I think there's a few pluses for Mayo. I think the Oshin Mullen situation is it's fantastic, massive boon, uh, a really big boost to them. Um, Killian O'Connor, I think from what we hear, will be ready to go maybe round three, round four, which is another boost. And Jason Doherty's back in the mix. They'll produce, they'll they'll promote one or two up. Ryan O'Donoghue will settle in a little bit better. Obviously, last year was only his first year really established playing at senior level and being a sort of a leader up there. So I think Mayo will be in okay shape. The worry, I suppose, is they have no home matches. Now, I don't know. No. Is that really a big deal? I'm not so sure. Even if it is, is it a big deal with Mayo? They have a terrible record in McHale Park anyway. Maybe it's not. And enthusiastic fans will travel. Yeah, I don't know if it's a big deal. But, you know, look, I suppose they do call it home advantage for a reason. Maybe it's not such a big deal. Um, yeah, I I, I could see. I, I, I think Mayo will be fine. I think they'll probably stutter and splutter their way around try and find a few players win maybe two or three games lose two or three and um, i'd say at this stage now the main focus for james horn is galloway in the championship yeah uh we love if things don't go right for kildare they can just put the backroom team out in the pitch and they probably win a couple of games um there's a lot of optimism around kildare off the back of a new backroom team and it is absolutely star-studded they've added in paul galvin for good measure as a forwards coach because um johnny doyle is also there. I, I don't know. It's 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 stacked. Term, term and early. early. So, yeah. but 
they they're still working off the same bunch of players. I don't mean to be negative, but I kind of wonder sometimes the new manager boost bump can be exaggerated. But when the new manager brings in, I don't know how many all stars are sitting going to be sitting on the subs bench beside him, but um, it does tend to give people optimism. Do you think there's grounds for it? Yeah, I think there is, uh, Mikey. I think um, like this is dream team stuff, you know, from a manager's perspective and. And I think Glenn Ryan has has wanted the job for a good few years, and and I'd say he's waiting for the right time. And you know, to having Anthony there, great experience with Bowden, you, you know, Johnny Doyle, who's who's done great work at minors and development work in, in, in Kildare. You know, a lot of the younger players. Then you Dermot, you bring Paul Galvin back into the equation. Like it really is dream team stuff from a management perspective. And I would think, you know, Kildare have probably been, you know. A nice team, I suppose, uh, and I think he'd be trying to instill, you know, the belief of 1998 into that group. And uh, you know, I think even if you go back to that early 90s, there was a trend there where you know Dublin in the early 90s played Kildare, beat them quite comfortably, and there was a few big dust ups in Crow Park, and Dublin probably came out on top of them as well. And they they invested a lot of energy, and Glen Ryan was probably to the forefront of instilling that bit of belief and that bit of hardness a bit of nastiness that we might need physicality to probably take on the dubs. And so I think it mightn't happen overnight. Um, it might take some time. Uh, but I think, you know, Jack O'Connor done reasonable work. He got promoted there last year. Uh, and I think they're just trying building that. And, and I think, like, if, if you look at the Kildare team that has come to Crow Park in recent years, they've come a beaten docket. They've come with fear of Dublin. They're beaten before they arrive. And I think it's changing that mindset from a Kildare perspective. And even last year, they were very kind of conservative. They, you know, Daniel Flynn's goal, they, they got a run at Dublin at one particular point, but were quite conservative in their approach. And Dublin are not that invincible uh, team maybe that they were in the past. And they'll, they'll smell that. So I, I, I think you're, you, naturally you're going to see a bounce in Kildare. And they will be looking to be Dublin's main competitors in Leinster and take over that mantle for me. And I think, listen, they couldn't ask for a better management team, so you've got to expect that they're going to put a very organised structure in place, um, and they'll get the lads playing for them. Yeah, Tyrone are an interesting case, Pat, because you know it, they're not; uh, they have never really been guaranteed their Division One status, or maybe not a team. Maybe for the scheduling issues you just raised uh, and the emphasis on the Ulster Championship, not not always perhaps their number one priority. But they're all Ireland champions; they're going to come in with a bit of a swagger, but they're also going to come in with a few less weeks training than others. Yeah, they're probably yeah. not a whole lot less. Yeah. Well, a couple, a quick run through Tyrone. Yeah, their last back training because they were on holidays in Florida. Lots of the players. They've lost five panel members, which is mm. I don't know. Tiernan McCann, Ron, um, Matt Bradley. Not that just saw game time last year. Yeah, Hugh mm. Pat McGeary, Michael R- Cassidy. That's Ronan that's a, yeah. you know. Ronan O'Neill, that's five, that's five good panel. So there's five gone. They're late back training. So and with the championship so close, I'm not too sure about them. They'll they'll be they'll be just aiming to hold out. Amah, serious potential last year. We saw what they played. Unlucky against Monon in the championship, have problems in defense. Monon, look, we write them off every year. And geez, they're just after winning the McKenna Cup. They used 32 players. They had no Conor McManus. They'll hold on and Donegal, yeah. I'm not too sure. I have my doubts about Donegal. I just saw last year, they weren't the same Donegal, not playing with the same tempo, not playing with the same energy. When they don't play with that high tempo energy game, they're, they're susceptible. Weakened defence and Michael Murphy, God forbid, they'll have to wrap them in cotton wool. Kerry are hitting the ground under Jack O'Connor. I mean, they are flying. They are training hard. They are working hard. They're tackling. They're turnovers. They're just... And they're everyone available about David Morton. So they will be trying to retain 
they're half of their league title. Dublin will be back, so forget about that. They've used 40 players in the Oberton Cup. Uh, the hunger will be back. The, the distractions are gone. They'll be a lean, mean animal dish, a different thing. Kildare, yeah, great dream team. Uh, I, I look back to what Kieran says, and you start to say, I, I, we always know that they have potential and they have athleticism and physicality, some great forward play. And you just wonder what are their ambitions going to be for the year ahead? Because certainly there's no doubt about it, Dublin were vulnerable last year. And, and Meet should, uh, Kildare should have known they were vulnerable. Yes, when it came to Linz, the final, they were so conservative. And Mayo, look, we never write off Mayo, but you know, it was sort of last year for Mayo was one step forward and two steps back. I think I t- that was their best chance last year of ever winning an All-Ireland, I think. I really thought it was the, they blew it. And I think the hangover from that, oh, I think I'm not too sure. But I'll never write them off. But my, my it's Kerry Dublin for the league title. And I think Kildare and possibly Donegal to be relegated. Mikey, just on, money on it. Mikey, just on Kerry, though, <coughs> I do think Kerry are, um, like, I was looking there because I was kind of curious, just even like to go back again to what we were saying about the McGrath Cup. I mean, the teams he's picking. Now, look, we've kind of always known he's a tough love coach. Like, he's not exactly uh, he's not exactly the kind of coach, you know, that or the kind of manager that would be uh, coming up with the flowery language that we referenced earlier on. Um, but in 2004, when he took over at first, Kerry won the league. And in 2009, yep. when he came back for his second to win the league, Kerry won the league. And in both years, they obviously went on to win the All-Ireland as well. Um, he's not he's he's the kind of manager that just goes to try and win absolutely everything. And I'd imagine it's going to be pretty much the same this time round. There's, there's was two things that stuck out for me with them, though. Number one is they are going to be under savage pressure. They're favourites already for pretty much everything. So that's a pressure that these players, when applied yes. in the past, have shown that they have wilted under. And they have blown a yes. couple of all yes. islands, to be fair, the 2019 yes. one, particularly when they had Dublin down to 14 men, yes. missed a penalty, and they couldn't seal the deal. The other thing that I thought was very peculiar, which I, in one sense, I'd be very interested in Pat's take on this, the fact that they're bringing Paddy Talley all the way down from Tyrone or wherever he's living. Oh. Now, look, they obviously had issues at the back in a defensive sense, and maybe that's what he's brought in to do. But for Kerry to admit, no, I know they've had outsiders in before, but for them to actually bring an Ulster <laughs> outsider, I thought was most peculiar. That was a brilliant idea. I, I, I welcome it. And, you know, I, I, I was talking about it, I think, tonight of the Kerry County semi-final, and I, I referenced Paddy's famous speech to, to Westmeath, you know, that it takes just a grain of sand to tip the balance. And I genuinely believe maybe Paddy Talley could be that, that grain of sand because it's a realisation that we don't have a defensive coach in Kerry. It's a realisation that the defensive coaching setups of the Ulster teams and Dublin are much better than us. We need to have to work on our defensive approach. We need to work on our defensive play. And bringing Talley in, I think, was a... Was a well, I think it's a masterstroke. I think it's be welcome. And I think you're right, Jack is, yeah, Jack is ruthless, but I think he's mellowed a little bit. I think he's inclined to listen. The fact that he brought in Paddy Talley, when, when Jack was in charge before, it was Jack show or no show. This time, bringing in Paddy Talley, and he's a couple of good guys, Mike Quirk, Dermot Murphy, he has good guys surrounding him. So, uh, look, it all goes well, but it goes back to the, the big time. Look, I, that when it comes to the big days, when it comes the all Ireland finals or the all Ireland semi-finals against the big guns from Dublin or Tyrone, we have failed and we it's 2014 since we won the all Ireland and we're not guaranteed. And it's about look, the big question. We have talented footballers, 
But at what stage do you say to yourself, okay, lads, we have loads of talented footballers. We have a conveyor belt. But talented footballers have to deliver all of us and this want to be starting that, delivering. Mikey, I think it's important that we mark that moment with Pat from his compliments there, Paddy Tally, because we all know if Kerry do fail. <laughs> Paddy Tally is getting Paddy it Tally. in the neck. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has to build him up first. Uh, we know that the um, that that pass- <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> <laughs> that um, we uh, that um, Pat is talking about a conveyor belt. There, it get, brings me on to I want the one thing I wanted to ask you about Dublin because there's a lot we could say about Dublin, obviously. But one thing that strikes me is since since Conal Callahan is probably the last one, the kind of the guy coming from minor and under twenty, under twenty one, who's recognised as a generational talent as this is this guy is going to play for Dublin for the next 10 12 years and he's going to be a star now Paolo Callan's not old but it's a few seasons ago now and I was one of the many people who said look this isn't a generational thing Dublin this is you know this is a machine that's going to churn out all Ireland's it is a little bit interesting that I haven't heard the the buzz about this Dublin underage star in a few years Yeah, and Mikey, two three years ago, when when you challenged that, we were lashed. You, you know, as Dubs would be lashed out of it, saying this is this is going to go on and on and on. Um, like underage structures in Dublin yeah. do need to improve. I'd be very honest about that. And and there's and I'd be very, club championship in Dublin was poor this year. We know. Yeah, wasn't it? I don't, but I don't. It was poor everywhere, Rory. That's true. I don't think there's another Conor Callum coming through. From being honest with you, and. I think, yes, Dublin will be reinvigorated, no doubt about it, after last year's championship. But I do think the next few weeks are usually important from a Dublin perspective. Um, I think it's a big, big league campaign for them um, because Kerry are buzzing. Uh, like Amar come to town on Saturday night. Amar will come, they're going to bring a massive crowd to Crow Park. Yep. Yep. They're a damn bloody good side and upper curve with great yep. forward lines. It will cause Dublin plenty of problems. Yes, they might still be a little bit open at the back, but I think they're going to get a right test on Saturday night. You know, I know they looked at 40 players over the last uh, Auburn Cup, and but there was still some small concerns there in terms of some of the stuff we saw last year. You know, there's a reluctance to kick the ball. You know, they've been caught in the tackle a few bits, dropping balls short. There's still big reliance on Fenton, Kilkenny, you know, Scullies, O'Callaghan. So there's a cohort of players now there where they're usually reliable on. And maybe the backup that was there in previous years is not there. So, like, yeah, I think it's important. Desi Farrell, like Lee Gannon, has been very good in the last few weeks. You know, in, in the defence, he looks like somebody has, has potential. Um, Tom Lehiff has done reasonably well. He played right half back for Jude. Might suit him a little bit better coming onto the ball. Where would he play Sean Bugler? We'll try Sean Bugler maybe coming from deep as well. Do they need those deep runners coming breaking the game line? Ross McGarry's done reasonably well. So there's been a few lads that have kind of put their hand up, but. I really think the next few weeks uh, are going to tell the tale about Dublin and where they're at. Trilly, Trilly. Any hangover effects from last year. Yeah. Trilly Saturday, Saturday week is a big one for both counties to lay yeah. down a mark. Okay. Um, I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say that Kerry are going to win the league because, as you said, Jack Connor is a good strike rate, and I think I think Monaghan are finally going to go down despite Rory Began's refusal to take a week off. I saw some astonishing stat: Rory Began hasn't missed a game in about eight years. He even played in every McKenna Cup game. I don't know who's number two is, but it's a thankless <laughs> task. Uh, I'm going to say Monaghan are going to go down with Kildare. I'm afraid. Uh, Wheelow, you're you're champs, and you're going down. Kerry are going to win it at a canter. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Thanks Cheap. to Paddy Tally. Yeah, thanks to Paddy Tally. He's gonna he's gonna put a super defensive structure in there and they're gonna win it at the counter. Um going down, you know, 
I think Monaghan always perform above their their expectation. Uh, I'd be concerned, you know, there's a lot of those inter games, uh, ultra games are going to be hugely important. I think Donegal, you know, very much need to get early momentum, uh, and they they could they could struggle and find themselves uh, in in a battle in relegation. And I think Kildare is going to be it's a huge step up for them. Uh, again, they're going to need to. Uh, get a couple of early wins to get momentum. And and the other thing, like I know we only touched on Mayo briefly, Mikey, but Mayo's league form can be very, very patchy. And, and I don't think James Horn invests as much importance into the league. And, um, you know, they might just struggle to get back on track after the fallout from the All-Ireland last year. The main, you know, they, they could find themselves fighting in those last couple of games to stay mm-hmm. up. But Kerry to win it and those three to fight it out. Uh, we had got Pats already, so yours, Rory? Yeah, Kerry will win it, and I think they will actually win it comfortably enough. And um, I think going down, I um, I agree with Pat and Wilo. I think, like, you see, there's a mini Ulster League going on as well, yeah. again, within this league, and I do actually think Donegal will struggle. And I think Donegal may be, go, may, may, may be the ones for the drop zone with Kildare. Okay. Um We'll we'll have to speed through the other two divisions, unfortunately, and we will take a proper look at them this year when it is the right thing to do and when it's newsworthy. And obviously, Division 3 is, for the opposite reasons for Division 2, is of interest because there's two teams going up here and I who, who yeah. will be in Sam McGuire. And I think it's very interesting. Westmead are seen as about the strongest yep. team there yep. having come down Antrim are seen as quite strong having come up and they're impressing and they, you know their form line seems good Longford Billy O'Loughlin has said is league or bust for him anyway so he's set his stall out um Leash were awful that last year but they're under a new management now in Billy Sheen and they did well in the O'Byrne Cup Wicklow are the only team in this division I've seen live this year, and all I can say is that they have one very, 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 very good full forward in Kevin Quinn of Blessington. He was very impressive. I'd see them play Wexford. And by the way, uh, sorry, Shawnee Furlong retired today. Yeah. Really? yeah. Yes. Long, long career. Yeah. So there, there's, there's, and then you've got Loud, who, you know, obviously a very wily manager who's very quietly going about his business there. Um. So, Pat, it is. It's it's an interesting division, and I, I, you could argue it's the most open of the lot. Oh, because like I said, we're talking about Division Two, where the losers, are, uh, if they don't get into the provincial final, go down to the Talton Cup. Here is a big, the big, the big carrot for the winners here of division for the two top teams in Division Three is that they're going to play in this in for the last sixteen for Sam McGuire. I fancy number one. Uh, Westmeath, no doubt about it. I thought they were very unlucky last year. I was really impressed by them. In their mm. first three league games, they didn't concede a goal. Two of the games, they were beaten by a pint by Down and Meat. They played in the relegation battle against Cork. They were brilliant in, in uh, parking the for side. 50 they minutes. They were the better side. Until Ray Connellan got injured. They were the better side. I thought they had huge potential. I fancy Westmeath to go up. And I know I was very impressed by Antrim last year. They were impressive in the McKenna Cup. And I know they've been doing the Challenge Cups uh, and they've been very impressive. In the McGinley is a good manager. He's a full strength panel available. So I fancy Westmeat and Answer to be promoted. And I think Wicklow won't get away with it. They got one win last year that avoided relegation. And I think Limerick have plateaued. I, I, he's, some of the players have gone from the panel. Mm-hmm. I watched them play against Kerry. I watched them play against Tipperary. Albeit 
they were a bit understrained, but they looked poor. So I've Westmead and Antrim to get promoted, Wicklow and Limerick to get relegated. Yeah, the one thing I'd say about Westmead as well, I felt Westmead were very unlucky to be relegated in the first place. If it was a seven-game league yeah. last year, seven rounds of the league, Westmead wouldn't be in Division Three. I'd be convinced of that. They were in, they were split into this Division Two North, yeah. May, Mayo, Mead, and Down, Down, which was t- which was tough enough. And they and they, like so they they'll come. I think they'll come storming out of that. And I'd give a shout out to Fermanagh. I think Fermanagh will have a chance there as well, you know. I, I do, I actually think Fermanagh may, you know, look, they, they, they've kind of flittered up and down. New management again. Ricey's gone. But look, um, yeah, I don't know. The other, who goes up with them, we haven't a clue. Willow, how do you, have you, do you want to stick a yeah. pin in the dartboard here? Well, there's, I, I, I'm sorry, Mikey, but I do think it might be a step beyond Wicklow, so I'm sorry for saying yeah. that. Um, but uh, I think they might go down. I agree, Westmead. I agree with what the lads said. Very unlucky last year. Lost some games very narrowly. For me, then, it's probably, I don't know whether another jump for Antrim might be beyond them. You know, maybe maybe Leash. I think Leash might be a team that will have a bit of bite to them. Maybe they Watching them last weekend, they certainly looked to have a bit of structure and knew how they wanted to play. Um, and so I would I'd maybe give them the edge ahead of Antrim going. Okay. Just you know, Billy, I, Billy Sheen in there. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I haven't gone full native here. I don't think Wicklow are going to uh, get to, to be promoted. By the way, I've only lived here two years. Give me a, time, a bit more time to be blindly optimistic. Uh, I, I am going to say Westmead. You know, what? I'm just going to I'm going to throw Loud's hat in the ring there. I just think they're. Very quiet. And I think going down will be for Mana and Limerick. There you go. Quickly, Division 4, very, very briefly, who who do we think has a chance of coming out of here? The way I, I see it is you've got teams who are at this stage have to be described as languishing. They would include my own Wexford, Sligo, Leitrim, London, and even poor Carlo, who used to be rising. Now they're languishing. Then you look at Tipperary and Cavan and say, oh, sorry, Waterford as well. Then you look at Tipperary and Cavan and say they have to be Looking at a very quick bounce out of here. Does anybody think it's not Tipperary? Yeah, the two team, the two yeah. teams down, the, the two teams that are come out of this league are two teams that shouldn't be down there in the first place. I would argue, which is Cavan yeah. and Tipperary. You know, that's anyone I disagree? I, I think Cavan certainly will come back up. They have to. I think they're good enough. Ryan McMahon's gone in there. I think they'll, they, you know, they're, they're too proud to be down there. They'll definitely get out. But I think Tipperary will be challenged maybe by Wexford. Uh, or boy, will. Could, 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 could be a challenge there. Yeah, I would agree with Kieran. I think Kevin, look, a team to be relegated to Division 4 with, with three All-Stars on the team, like, shouldn't be. So, you know, it was a hangover from the previous year. So, Kevin erasing certainties. I'm not too sure. I agree with Kieran. I'm not too sure about about Tipperary. Sligo, Pat, Sligo. I'll just tell about Tipperary. I mean, four of the forward line that started against Kerry against La- in last year's championship are gone. And also, Colin Reardon from the previous year is gone. So mm. they're missing a lot of players. I watched them against Kerry in the McGrath Cup. Oh, gee, they were poor. And I don't think Tipperary are the guaranteed. I think Shane Roach is doing a good job with Wexford. I, like, he came in, he, he replaced Paul Gallivan. Last year, he was starting to develop them. They did very well against Dublin in that Leinster Championship. And, and as, a, as an outside bet, yeah, Wexford to come in. I'm not too sure about Sligo. I haven't seen them play yet. <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let you know in a couple of months. Um, well, I think that's a fantastic note to leave on. I got the two esteemed football experts on the, on the podcast are saying Wexford for promotion. Cast iron guarantees. And they don't even have Paddy Talley in their backroom team. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> lads thank you very much that was uh that was an enjoyable breeze through 
Um, I think we write it. And we might be wrong now. We might be wrong. I know, Pat. You're never wrong, Pat. (laughs) Never wrong. What is it, Declan Ernie again? If I knew then what I know now, I'd be a wiser man. So I ended that note. He also said, Stop the world and let me off, Pat. (laughs) (laughs) Or Mackie and Drumleys, but we won't go there. All right. Um, Thank you to Rory. Uh, Thank you to Pat. Thank you to Guilo. As always, um, there'll be uh, comprehensive coverage across the RT platform Saturday and Sunday Sport on Radio 1. The Dubs and Armagh are live on RTE television on Saturday night and the website will have live blogs, reports, reaction and anything else you could possibly want. So that's where you want to be going. All right, we will chat to the lads again. Thank you very much. Chat to you later. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers, guys. by winning the last two matches on the road and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it, he hits it, it's over the bar!